Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 71, Self-Sabotage and the Ways We Pout. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there. Welcome back to the Changeable podcast. So um, at the time of my recording this, this podcast, Changeable, the one you're listening to, is not on iTunes. It was. <laughs> it's still it's still there if you've subscribed to it. So if you're a subscriber to this podcast, um, it'll show up on iTunes and the new episodes will show up. But just in this very moment, um, no one can find it there. Like if you just go to iTunes and search and 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 what that also means, so you don't see it, what that also means is um all of the reviews and ratings and data that's kind of like um, you know, the behind the scenes data that Apple collects and from from user stats and all of that that pushes it forward because people like this podcast. Some people listen. A lot of people have had really great reviews and ratings and all of that is disappeared. Now, I have a lot of faith that it's going to be restored. I shouldn't say that. I'm kind of lying right now. I don't know if it's going to be restored or not. I really hope it is. It's kind of a long story and not really, but it's it's um, it's such a lesson, you know, for me and listening to my gut because that's always just that just that feeling, that intuition, whatever it is, man. And I know this isn't just me, obviously. This is how we humans are are designed. But I really hear my intuition loud and clear a lot of the time. And a lot of the time I follow it and sometimes I just don't. And the circumstances that led up to my podcast disappearing was one of those times when I did listen to it eventually, but not when I first heard it. And it has to do with um, making a very, very bad hiring decision that I tell you, I knew. It's so funny in hindsight how clearly you know. And at the time, I kind of knew because I talked about it with people and I sort of knew. And yet I just want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And and it's not just me being super kind and open-minded. That that was part of it. I don't ever want to assume anything bad about anyone. Um and it's a lot of work to to fire and change and get someone else up to speed and all of that. And I didn't want to do it. And so I, I didn't listen to my gut for a while and um, things didn't go well. <laughs> and so anyway, if you're listening to this, thank you. People can hear this on my website. Um, you can hear it again through your feed and all that if you're subscribed um, and I'm just really, really hoping that that at some point very soon we are able to get this straightened out um, so that all the reviews and ratings and the data behind this um, miraculously come back. And it's kind of sounding like it might be a miracle. But, but, you know, on the other side of it too, it's been really interesting to watch how this feels. Um, I really, really see my mind wanting to go in a deep, dark hole around it. And sometimes I dip into that, but there's also, there's also just something that's like, well, what do I know? I don't know. Like, you know, or almost like a, 
almost like a just a watching that happen. Again, it's not saying, oh, this this could be a great thing, although that thought has shown up. Like, who knows? What do I know? This could be a really good thing. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if it doesn't come back and I have to start completely over, I wouldn't start the podcast over, but I would start with, um, you know, I would have zero ratings and zero reviews. I'll do something creative to get reviews and ratings back. So what do I know? Maybe that's the best thing that could happen. I don't know. But it is has been interesting to just kind of watch my mind want to dip into that, <laughs> dip into that hole and seeing it happen, you know, seeing it happen. And so it's like one foot is on shore and then one foot is just crazy out at sea with wherever the wind blows me in that moment. And it's kind of, kind of cool in a way to see that. And I hope hope it gets restored, and I don't have to deal with don't have to deal with uh, making it better. So anyway, um, today what I want to talk about is the ways that we pout, and I want to talk a little bit about this thing that people call self sabotage, which is always so funny to me. Very common, very very common. I said it for years, and it's so compelling. It's such a compelling story in a way, such a kind of dramatic story. Like, oh, I'm a self sabotager. Uh, um, so, so I'll talk about that in a minute. But the ways we pout, like what I mean by that, um, the inspiration for this is that uh, in the little school of big change in the six week course, I may have talked about this before in the podcast, but um, there's this arc that tends to happen where around halfway through, maybe in week two, toward the end of week two into week three of the six-week course, people start kind of freaking out a little bit. Some people do. Now, some people have have seen things and had big shifts. And so they're maybe freaking out on the positive side. <laughs> they're like, woohoo, I got this and everything's going to be great. And others who haven't yet seen it, like it's still a little elusive to them, um, they freak out on the negative side a little bit. Like, what's going on? Why have these people shifted? Why haven't I? And the course is halfway over as if that means something. And when am I going to get it? And what's it going to look like? And what's it going to feel like? And and all of that shows up. And, you know, we're ready for it. Like, we, Amanda and Terry and I, like, we know this happens when we talk about it. And it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating just that it happens every time. You know, it really is. And it makes such sense. I mean, I can think of every change attempt I've ever made where there's that, there's that a similar arc in it. It's like if things, if you get off to a good start and things are going well, you either have a bunch of false confidence or you're just okay. You're just floating along, but there's no big upset. And if things aren't going well, and especially if you're in a group setting with a couple hundred other people and you're looking around and you're comparing yourselves yourself to all of them and your mind is telling you all kinds of stories about what it means and how it's just like that other time in the past and what it's likely to mean for the future. It really sucks. It's really hard to be in that place. So I totally get it. I see how humid it is. And it's fascinating though on a couple levels. So one, there are only so many ways that human beings tend to react when we're scared, I'm I'm calling it pouting, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's, but it is interesting, and I see this in myself all the time. It is a little childlike because there there are only so many ways. First of all, that we kind of react when we think we're not going to get our way, or when we're just scared, we're just nervous or scared, right? 
there are things like, you know, some of the really common ones, and and I'm thinking of this again more in terms of the course, but I mean, this could apply to anything. Um, people saying, I'm, it's just not going to work for me. I'm afraid it's not going to work for me. I'm afraid it's not going to work for me. Now, they have no real basis within, like, again, let's say they're two weeks into a six-week course and all of a sudden their mind is like rampant with, I'm afraid it's not going to, it's just not going to work for me. It's not going to work for me. No question that's not about this course. <laughs> like, that's not about their experience in this moment. Their experience in this moment is reminding them of all kinds of story, all kinds of memories, uh, like, stuff that goes so far back, right? And it and it and it's making it look really true and real and very logical that they're probably not going to get it. You know, there nothing is going to change for them in this course, let's say, or in the habit or issue that they're trying to find some change around. But again, it's not it's not like they're here present and that's a logical conclusion. It's based on so much thinking and so much just habitual stuff that we bring with us. So, so you know, it's not going to work for me. I'm always the last one to change. I'm always the last, I'm always behind. That's almost like the the little, little sister, little brother thing, right? Like everybody else gets it before me and I'm always the last one to catch on to anything. Um, another one is I can't do this on my own. I need help. I need more help. I need more support. I can't do it by myself. I don't get it. Help me to where where there's like just a constant looking out for you know and and it's so so invisible when it's our thinking but there's this this tape of I can't do this on my own help me help me help me and it's in okay well let me first tell you some of the others and then I want to dissect a couple of these it's so fascinating um a big one is um not enough and this happens to be the one that I that I notice in my own head often, there's not enough time. I have all this that I want to do and it's so exciting and it's so great, but there's not enough time. Like that's my big thing. I have this in my in my lower moments, this creative angst kind of thing where it's like, oh, if I just have more time, if I could just clear this off, I could do all this stuff. And and so that's that's a thought, right? Um I'm invisible. Like, and there's so many variations on that, but I'm invisible. No one notices me. I'm not special. I'm I'm no different. I have nothing to offer. Those are the ones who tend to kind of just stay quiet in terms of the school, kind of stay quiet on the calls or in other areas of life, stay in the background because, yeah, no one really notices that I'm here anyway. I'll just kind of hang out back here. Um, on the other side of that is I'm too big. I'm too loud people who do speak up a lot but have a lot of insecurity around it like oh I, you know I'm sorry I'm sharing again or maybe I should just be quiet or you know this probably isn't helping that I'm that I'm out there in front so much and, and it's just so interesting to see you know so so those are a few there's there are a handful but honestly there are only so many like we don't we there are only so many ways that thought shows up thought content shows up in people and that's a huge paradox because at the same time, there's infinite, <laughs> infinite ways that it shows up. But when it comes to like, I think human beings just in our psychology, being threatened or worried or scared or insecure about something, there's a handful of places that a mind tends to go. And for each of us, 
there's a very small handful. Again, we have our own one or two usually that are kind of the story of our lives. Not really the story of our lives, but the our mind's story of our lives, right? So our what our mind narrates over and over again. We each have a couple, maybe one, and you can see it all throughout life. So I'll tell you a little about mine, but um, I want to mention this other person. I won't give any details away, but someone who was in the school. So for hers, it was all about, um, I can't do it. I can't live my life. I'm not equipped for this. I need help. I need support. I can't handle it on my own. And that has been a story in her life forever, forever and ever. I mean, from the time of being one, two years old, right? And when and it's so interesting, like when you talk with someone enough, you start to see how that that thing, that response to feeling threatened or being scared is what, it shows up everywhere. Every Every one of their, you know, prominent memories and all their worries about right now and all their concerns about the future have that theme running through it. So again, for me, it's it's tends to be something like, um, man, I could do so much if only. Like there's always something that's kind of in, that my mind will say is kind of in the way, you know? And what's really interesting about, about all of this is that it, it's such a paradox again. Like in some ways, it totally determines our results. So... I don't know if that it really determines our results. In some ways, I mean, it is our experience, right? It's full on your experience because we experience moment to moment thinking and nothing else. So when we're in it and when it's invisible to us, when it just looks like that's life and we don't realize we're thinking this up, we don't realize that that's a thought. It just looks like life. Well, of course, that's your whole experience, right? But what I see, I don't see this with myself so much, except for in hindsight or when I try to look for it. But what I see in other people all the time is that their life is just running and very often it goes against this habitual thought that's showing up for them. So this woman who's saying, I can't handle it. I can't do life on my own. I need help. I need support. I can't do it. I'm afraid that I don't know how to be an adult in this world, all of that stuff. She's doing okay. (laughs) Like she is an adult in the world and she's fine. But for, like not even but for, I mean, she is fine. And she would feel that and see it and know it, but for this one little habitual thought that shows up over and over and over that says the complete opposite of what's actually happening. Isn't that crazy? Like it flies in the face of, of what everyone else can see in her. And it just doesn't look like, like here's the thing, here's what really inspired me to want to talk about this. And I know this is not anything brand new, but let's like hear this together in a really deep new way. There is absolutely no real issue. What there is when we're all, and every one of us does this in our own way, we don't do it. Our mind just does it. So everyone's mind, every mind on earth does this, goes to those limiting stories, those fearful stories all the time. You know, they show up in all different areas of life all the time. And when they're there, we're usually blind to them. They're often, they don't look like thought at all. It just looks like the way life is or the way we are. But there is literally no problem, no issue 
but for that thought coming in saying, this is a problem, this is a problem. So so when someone is two weeks into the little school of big change, for example, and their mind starts saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get it. Everyone else is going to have all these insights and change and I'm going to be the one that's left behind. That is absolutely not happening. There is no higher probability of that happening for that. Per- like the future is wide open. The present is wide open and the past doesn't exist. So there, like there's no, there's nothing to that. But a mind saying it over and over and then a person believing it. Can you feel, can you feel that? It's like, I'm imagining like a completely blank screen, like a white blank screen that like anything could be on that. There's nothing, nothing set there. And then just this little ticker tape phrase that's like going across the screen and we don't see the screen at all. All we see is this little ticker tape phrase and it absolutely looks like that is the entire universe right there. Like that is reality right there. Wouldn't even question otherwise. So it's just fascinating to notice the ways that we, and I say the ways we we pout, but it's like when we're just feeling under the gun, insecure, worried, look for yourself. Notice where your mind goes. There's a storyline there. Now, we don't usually talk about getting into the content of your thinking. You don't have to analyze it to death and, and camp out there, but see if you can see it. See if you can see the little way that you're, like the way that your mind you know, how, where your mind goes when you're feeling kind of pouty, your version of it's not fair. I never, they get this. I don't, you know, whatever that is, the not enough, the lack, the whatever that is, just, I think it's fascinating to notice it and you will see it throughout your life. You'll see it as a theme throughout your life. Now, here's the cool thing. There's this phrase that I hate. (laughs) It's, we've all heard it. It's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's kind of what we're talking about here is the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Now, the reason I hate that phrase is because it's so hopeless. It feels like, I mean, I remember hearing that years ago and being like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm screwed. You know, the way I do anything is the way I do everything. And it's not good, not a good way. And you feel so locked into that. It feels like it's like you're a victim of the way you do anything, right? What's so awesome about that from within this paradigm is it's not that at all. What what I'm talking about here, these ways that we pout is exactly that. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Like these phrases, this, this just habitual thinking, it does show up in all areas of our life, but we are not at all locked into it. When you see, oh, that's literally just this little consistent persistent, habitual puff of smoke that my my mind likes to let off. Like that's just the flavor here. That's just the story my mind goes to. That's just the words and syllables. It's not even, you know, the story even makes it more compelling and meaningful seeming. But it's like, oh, those are just the words and letters and syllables. And that, those are the images that show up. That means nothing. That's the output of a machine. That means nothing. Then it's like, yeah, on one level and the psychological level, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. But thank God we're not locked into psychology. Thank God we're not even like bound by that or limited by that when you see it, when you see that there's more to it. 
And again, I can't say enough like how fun it is. And I don't, I don't see it for myself that clearly in the moment, but I see it for others all the time. How fun it is to see, oh my gosh, like their life isn't even, there's no basis in their reality for this thought. Now their reality is the thought, but, but what I mean is like this woman, like she's off living her life and her mind keeps telling her she isn't. And it takes an outsider sometimes to see that. Other people, like they're doing just fine, but their mind keeps telling them they aren't. And I guess with me too, <laughs> I create and do things and express myself and all a lot of that stuff that I want to do, but for my mind continually telling me I don't have enough time or space or whatever to do that. So again, that's not always so easy to see for yourself, but, but notice it, look for it. It's so fascinating. So one of the, stories, one of one of these habitual things is this whole thing around self-sabotage. So just like some people say, oh, I'm always the last one or I'm left behind or no one notices me or I'm too loud or whatever. There's a thing that shows up sometimes that, that minds like to talk about sometimes that says, yeah, I just, I shoot myself in the foot all the time. I'm a self-sabotager. I get in my own way. Now, on some level, we all get in our own way, but it's not us getting in our way. It's our mind. It's our misunderstanding about what our mind's putting out. So yes, there's some truth in that, that if anything's ever wrong, it's a, it's us believing what our mind is saying about it. There's no other option. There is no other wrong. Like there's no other possibility there. there there's no wrong. If we're experiencing wrong or shouldn't be, or I don't like it, that's our mind saying that and us believing it. So in that sense, we're all in our own ways all the time. But but this whole self-sabotage thing is just another way that that we pout sometimes and we don't do it on purpose. It's, you know, we don't recognize it as that. And it's very understandable because it I think if we if we just look at it, I, I think it's like on some level we know better, which is always true. On some level we start to see another way, but we just haven't seen it as much as we can possibly see it, perhaps. So it feels like, well, I know the answer. I know the right way. I know the things to do, or I, I know I know this understanding. I know that I'm not my thoughts, whatever, however that shows up. I know that, but yet why am I still acting in this way? And it's so natural and obvious and, you know, innocent that we would call that self-sabotage. It's totally what it looks and feels like. So we say, oh, well, I decided I want to get up early and go to this thing every day. And then before I know it, I'm staying up all night and I'm missing the thing I wanted to go to. Clearly, I'm self-sabotaging. Maybe, but no. <laughs> okay, maybe it looks like that, but but this whole self-sabotage concept has this heavy, judgmental, kind of undertone of, I hate myself, I don't deserve to be happy, I'm afraid of success, whatever it is that comes up with that, right? Whatever that thinking is, and that's all it is, because that's all it can be, that comes up with that. That's kind of the problem with it. Now, again, I know it looks like, well, clearly, I know that I want to get up early. Here I am staying up really late. What else do you call that? That has to be self-sabotage because I know the right answer. But remember, we do the best we can see to do from the thinking we're in in that moment. So something's going on. If that's you, when it's time to go to bed and you're staying up, 
you're doing the thing that makes absolute most sense to you. That doesn't mean you're completely blind or shut off to other possibilities. So in the back of your mind, you're saying, you really should be in bed right now so you can get up early. But that's not like graspable to you in that moment. It's not it's not real to you in that moment. You know, it might show up on some level, but we do the best we can see to do from how things look. And so I don't know. I think that I think that's really important because I know because I walked around and told people and told myself I was a self-sabotager and that I was afraid, must be afraid of happiness and I must be afraid and there must be some good reason that I'm trying to stay in this habit for so long. I mean, I told that story for years and it's a really kind of crappy story because it, it, it keeps kind of painting you as this person that doesn't want to be happy and that's never, ever, ever the case. It doesn't even make sense. Everything that human beings do is an attempt to feel better. Everything. Even when you know that you want to get up early and here you are staying up staying up late, that's the easiest path in that moment. It's just the path that makes the most sense of the path of least resistance on some level or it's familiar or well, who knows? Or maybe you are afraid of success and so you feel better by staying up late. But that, but that doesn't mean you want to suffer doesn't mean you're trying to sabotage your life or anything like that. It doesn't mean you hate yourself. It's just that we're doing the best we can from what we see. Now, without the self-sabotaging story, there's room for curiosity. There's room for like, what the heck's going on here? Why am I staying up so late? You know, there's room to see it as like, oh, why does that feel better? Or like, why, why does that feel like the choice I'm making? You know, and, and there's always room to see things in a deeper way, always. And just kind of knowing, okay, when I do, I'll make different choices. I love that. I love that it's like my, the results of my life right now are down to just the way things look. And when the way things look shift, I'll have different results in a different life. If we can play with that with no judgment, and just be like, all right, well, I've talked in here about like this elevator of consciousness metaphor, right? Like, all right, well, I'm on floor three right now. Elevator's not broken. It's always moving. I'm on floor three. This is how things look from here. This is what I do from here. When I'm up on five and six and seven, I'll do things differently. When I'm down on one, it'll look different there too. But but we don't need to stop. It's like calling yourself a self-sabotager or you know, telling these stories about it. It's almost like saying, you know, my elevator broke on floor two. That's just where I live. It's how I am. You know, it just, it doesn't do anything good for any of us. So I hope this, if you are one that's had that thought and it looks real, um, you know, I hope this just kind of opens that up and loosens it a little bit for you. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope um, everything gets resolved (laughs) with the podcast. But anyway, um, it's a fun discussion. I love this. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Has your life been impacted by this understanding and you want to help others experience the same? If you would love to help people end habits and addiction, find freedom from anxiety and open up to this incredible way of seeing life, I can teach you how in the Change Coach Training and Certification Program. Check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash coach training.